Hello, it's Lady and the Tramp. I'm Trish Mitchell, the dog magician. And I'm Andy Lee, dog man down under. We're talking about family dogs and family issues. Perhaps we can start this one mm. today mm. without you bursting into laughter over buck of all. All right. Yep, we succeeded. I'm going to be boring now. Right. Today, not... yeah. what? we're going to talk about old secret question. Today we're going to talk about the secret no, question. No, <laughs> I forgot the secret question first. <laughs> I knew you'd bugger it up. Yeah, secret <laughs> question is... Yeah. Have you a foundation in your training that you call your foundation that you're going to teach to everyone, every client, no matter what the problem, you have a foundation bit you always teach them? Yes. What's that? Calmness. I, that's the first well, that's, thing. That's what? You go in and say, be calm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your money. Done. Job done. <laughs> well, you know what? That's it's funny you should say that because um, the Jack Russell Terrier that I told you about last week, who I've met, now. who you've now subsequently met, and he's adorable. Um, he calmed down the instant that I put him on the lead and sat down. We're chatting to the really lovely owners, and they both said, "Oh, he's calm." And I said, "That's because I'm calm." So I'll go now. Can I have my money? <laughs> <laughs> but that that really is that is the foundation for me is demonstrating initially that no matter how crazy a dog is if your energy is calm confident lovely not lovely loving leadership the dog will calm down straight up because i get a lot of like super excited not aggressive but very excited anxious often dogs so I come in demonstrating calm, confident, loving leadership and the dogs immediately calm down. So that's the fundamentals of my training is calm first. Then once their brain is calm, then they can learn because it's the same as humans. If you're excited or stressed or crazy, you know what it's like. You can have a meeting or you can have a conversation with someone and you're looking at them and you're listening and you're not taking in a word because you're stressed and your mind is everywhere else but or you're overexcited about something and you can't hear. But if your brain is calm, if your body is calm, you can learn. You can, you're more receptive. So what you do... To teach them to make their brain calm, you just tell them, calm your brain. <laughs> <laughs> you talking no, about the dog or are you talking about the no, humans? Well, that's what, yeah, well, what are you, are you teaching the humans to be calm and so they can calm the dog or teaching the car, showing them how to well, calm the dog or it what? depends on how, uh, because as we both know, a lot of dogs' behavioural issues come from two things, lack of leadership so they don't know where they stand in the family pack and anxious, busy, stressed, worried mums, dads, kids, lots going on. So that causes the dogs to be anxious often and nervy and all over the place, right? So for people that are genuinely not able to calm down, I've actually got a little mindfulness being present type meditation that takes five minutes and I just get them to practice 
and then calm the energy down in the whole place and then we can move forward because by then the dog is calm and receptive. So that's my, my fundamentals. Is calm. Yeah, well, that's what I was asking. It took us bloody ages for you to get there. What you... Well, I can't just say I told them to be calm and then that no, take no. their money. That, yeah. That's what you said. No, I, I, I wanted to know what you did and you teach them the mindfulness thing. Well, no, 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 not with everybody. No. I, I actually do it with very few clients. Right. But when people are who say to me, look, I am anxious or I'm on anti-anxiety yeah. medication or we're going through a very stressful time in our life because that can cause behavioural problems in a dog. So that's when I say, would you like to learn a little thing that will help you yeah. calm down? So I don't do it with everybody. God, that would be that would be a bit presumptuous. I'm going to walk in and say, okay. sit down, be mindful. It's hardly going to happen, is it? No, of course not. But uh, you, you're taking that line from me. I do that same line. What? I walk in. I've got to go and see a dog that jumps over everyone, madly excited, and I walk in. And some of them don't jump over me. Okay. Or I go, Shh, and I stop. And they're calm and won't jump over me. And I go, that's $250, please. <laughs> so, <See> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do what I did. <laughs> no, what I, my foundation. So you is, don't really care about what my foundation is. You just wanted to talk about yours, didn't you? You only asked me that question so that you could talk about yours. Bloody hell. I'd asked you the question. You had a chance to explain it. I didn't explain it very well, apart from I make them calm. I thought I explained it very well. Oh, okay. All right, on I you go, being, on you go, all right. Your disingenuous, found... is it? Sort of... Disingenuous. Yes, yes. That's but, close. You were yeah. close. Yeah. So go on, your my foundation. My foundation is my boundary sticks. Yes. As I tell people, all dogs have got this mad side and they've got the calm side and humans are always feeding the mad side. They never feed the calm side. So if you've got a non-physical barrier and teach them not to cross it, the calm side has to take over. So the more you do that, the more the calm side gets fed uh, and pushes the mad side out and takes over and learns to take over. When it feels like going mad, the calm side is getting practice to take over. So my boundary stick, which is non-physical, as soon as they start getting crazy they have to cross the boundary stick well you better explain for the uninitiated you're saying you've got a boundary stick but it's non-physical so obviously your stick is physical so explain exactly what your stick is well when you're cooking i say to people even if you don't mind your dog in the kitchen while you're cooking which is you know i do get one percent say that doesn't bother me i say you've got to do it you put this boundary a stick, just a round flat stick, or flat, <laughs> that's a good one, a round flat stick. <laughs> round a, flat a round stick. A round stick, or flat stick, across the entrance to the kitchen, you put it down, and you say, out, and don't let them cross it, and it doesn't take long, I've got lots of videos on that, for them to, as soon as the stick's down, they know they're not allowed to cross it, but they can only not cross it if their calm mind takes over. Now, that's a, an every, everyday thing that anyone can do. You're telling your dog to be calm, use its calm part of its brain and giving it a rule every single day. Uh, that's not training as, oh, well, I've got to train the dog. It's just every day 
what you do and you teach them not to cross the stick at the front door. The kids can run to and fro, you can get your shopping in and even when the kids are excited, the dog has to keep a calm mind when it goes to the door and bring that calm mind into control. Then it can turn around and chase the kids all excited but as soon as it gets to the boundary stick, the calm mind goes, so you're training the calm mind to take over when it has to. So when you get a reaction of something, let's say the kids fall on top of them, the calm mind is even learning not to react quickly. It can go, oh, go calm, that's a kid, and things like that. Well, I agree with you, but doesn't it, don't you agree that it comes back to the human? If you, if, if, if you the owner, are not calm, you can't teach your dog, you can't correct your dog in a calm way that's going to learn not to cross the boundary when you're first learning. Oh, when you're first learning, I'll teach the, the owners how to be calm and, and stop them because if they just go to get away from that yeah. boundary, it doesn't work. They chase away and they get excited and come running back in and then you're chasing the dog everywhere. So fundamentally, you do first what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just explained it better. <laughs> you didn't explain it at all because yeah. you were talking about the dogs and the boundaries, but it's the and, humans that have to be and, calm to correct the dog. Don't interrupt me. Don't be anding, Andy. <laughs> I'm stumped. I sound like your mother. I'm stumped. <laughs> no, hang on, hang on. I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Oh, yeah. Now, I made the point that when I walk in, I talk about calm, confident, loving leadership, yeah. right? So you're saying your fundamentals are the boundary, yeah. but your fundamental fundamental is you've got to calm the humans <laughs> down first. And what about the fundamental, fundamental, <laughs> fundamental? Which part? is? I don't know. I'll have to think of one. It's walking in the door, I suppose. I'm just making the point that the humans have to be calm first or the dog's got no chance. And I have got a fundamental, fundamental, fundamental before all them is I teach punishment because stopping them crossing the boundary is punishing them not to cross the boundary. And everyone thinks if you go to your dog, don't do that and put them back out, that's punishment because it wants to come in, that's punishment. But they've demonised punishment. Yeah. But you've got the only way you can stop them it's to punish them. And punishment doesn't mean hitting them with a iron bar or yes. anything stupid like that. It means just going, no. Yeah. <laughs> and meaning it. Well, that's it's true. That's a really good point that you talk about demonising words because yeah. discipline is the same. Yeah. It's like you're not allowed to discipline a dog. You're not allowed to discipline children because that's mean and abusive. And I'm going to start a rant in a minute. Are you ready for me to rant? Well, I'll just, I'll just mention... It's got so bad that the ones that call themselves balanced trainers mm. uh, admit, well, they don't even want to admit they punish dogs now. They're calling it positive negatives <laughs> instead of punishment. <laughs> yes. Sake. And they just keep changing the words to try and catch up with these loonies that are attacking them. And they, they change their word and then they, the loonies attack that word. So it's called it what it is. It's yep. punishment. You can't do anything in life without being punished, have a civilised society without being punished. Yes, that's what laws are about. Yeah. You speed, you get a speed yeah. and fine, that's punishment. Yeah. 
But but it comes back to the word. The word has these negative connotations that if you punish either a child or a dog, now, as you know, I have no kids, so I'm not rabbiting on about kids, but the word punishment is misunderstood. I, I don't use it. I never use the word punish when I talk to clients. It wouldn't even cross my mind because yeah. even in my mind, it's like it's a word that people react badly to. And I remember um, when I was training with um, Caesar Milan yeah. in California, he used to use the term, when he was describing how yeah. dogs relate, he used to say they relate fight, flight, acceptance, Submission, yeah. right? Now, I've <laughs> oh, noticed. I don't know, but I know it's gone I mean. from fight, flight, acceptance, surrender. Oh, okay. because if a dog is submissive, it must be oh. therefore terrified yeah. of you and quaking in its little boots, instead of just being submissive to a positively dominant experience. And it's it's stupid to change your words because they start picking on that word. As well, and you just go on and on and on. I, I tell all my clients openly, when they ring me up, they're not, not even my clients, I say, I, I punish them. And some of them say, oh, you're not going to hurt my dog, are you? And I say, yes, I'm going to hurt its feelings. Yeah. Because that's the only punishment that really works, hurting the dog's feelings. So yeah. You can't hurt a dog's feelings without being a true master that they love. Yeah. It's, it's no good. You can't, you have to fulfil what they need. So they look up to you, and then when you tell them off, they're, they're hurt inside. So it's much more effective. Which brings us on to our main topic this week, is the worst punishment you can ever give a dog is lock it in a small cage in your home to control behaviour instead of training that dog not to do that bad behaviour. Now, you know, you and I have had a lot of back and forth about yes. what you call cages, I call crates, because that's just well, the I'll language. i just interrupt you there. Yeah. Because I've come around to their way of thinking, because I've been looking up cages in the dictionary. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that is a better word, crate. A crate is a little thing you pack things into, and a cage... Monkeys are kept in a cage in a zoo. Yes. And it's a huge open place, bigger than my garden and everything else. Uh, they've got dingoes kept in cages. And it's like three, four acres cage. Yes. So a crate is always a little thing you pack something into. So I'm going to call them crates from now on. Oh, all right then. So you can't there even you go. go on me with that one now, <laughs> can you? But you can you go into your rant about crates, and then I'm going to offer a debating counterpoint. Okay, good. off you go. Off you go. It's a lazy way to look after dogs. It's not looking after dogs; it's punishing dogs because you can't be bothered to train them not to jump over you, not to steal your food, not to get under your feet, not to get on the furniture. Guests come over. You can't control your dog, so you put it in a cage, crate. <laughs> that takes a bit of getting used to now. <laughs> you put it in a crate. And the worst punishment we ever had as children was be sat in the corner, which they don't do anymore because punishment's a dirty word. You, you've only got to be positive, positive. You've got to tell children all about their good things and never tell them they're bad. Mm. So that was the worst punishment. We used to get the cane at school. That was over and done with. 
stuck in a corner, not being able to move and walk around. That's the worst punishment. Everyone hated that. And that's what people are doing all the time with their dogs now at home. And if a trainer can't teach their clients how to get a well-behaved dog without sticking it in a crate and shutting the door, door, they're just no good as trainers. Because I grew up, that would have been reported to the RSPCA. Someone went to work and left their bloody dog in a little tiny crate. Everyone would have been horrified. Now it's accepted. Because if you say something bad long enough, it gets accepted by the majority. That's true. And there is there is a lot of majority, not majority, um, still a lot of people out there that are horrified about putting their dog in a crate. And I see them, and I often have people say, thank God. When I say, I say to them, I don't believe in crates. I say, thank God. We went to puppy school and that's all they talked about. We didn't want to lock our dog in a crate. And we felt so bad about it that people don't want to do that. But they, they get badgered and badgered and they believe the experts. So now you give me a counter argument. Well, my counter argument is there are times when a crate, I'll tell you how I, I use yeah. them, okay? Dogs that have serious separation anxiety, Yeah. right? Now, no, you don't entirely agree with me that dogs are den animals. But in my experience, when I've worked with people who have crate trained their dog, just because that was what they were taught yeah. to do, right? So the dog is relatively familiar with the crate. Yeah. But what I do is I make it a really super cosy place, like yeah. lots of blankets, yeah. lots of snuggles, you know, yeah. a couple of soft toys. And then I put a towel or a blanket over the top of the crate and yeah. drape it down the back, right? Yeah. So it's like a den. Yeah. It's it's for super anxious dogs. It's, and I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just using my own human psychology because I suffer from anxiety, have done yeah. my whole life, right? So when I'm super anxious, I want to be somewhere contained. So I like to go into my bedroom, close the door, even yeah. if there's nobody else in the house. Yeah. I go into my bedroom, close the door, snuggle under the covers, read a book, okay? Yeah. That calms me down. Why don't you go into the broom cupboard then? The broom cupboard? Yeah. No, wait a minute. You're not letting me finish. All right. I make The point I'm making yeah. is that I'm making a snuggly yeah. den, right? Yeah. So, and I'm thinking of a particular sausage dog that I worked with yeah. in Brisbane that was just hysterical with separation anxiety. And we did, we made the crate into this lovely den with this pink blanket, a heavy, like a, really dark pink blanket, so yeah. and it was all snuggly and warm. And after a couple of hours of having the dog in the crate with the door closed and then she had this really fantastic app that you can monitor the dog and yeah. you can speak to the dog through through the app, right? So we went outside, dog was in the crate, all snuggly and cosy and was barking and whining initially, but then we used the app for her to be able to say, shh, it's okay, yeah. it's okay, calm down. Within a very short space of time, this hysterical sausage dog was curled up asleep in the crate. So then what we did is we went back in and we tried the crate with the door open. Yeah. And after a period of time, I was there for over three hours, by the time I left, this little dog 
was volunteer when she was picking up her yeah. keys and practicing leaving the the dog would go straight into the crate snuggle down go to sleep so it was this little safe place yeah. and i've done that more than once and it really works so the initial use of the crate is with the door closed but the when you've got the door open and you can make the crate a den and you can make it anywhere that's the good thing about crates is they're mobile right so you can pick it up you can put it in another room they've still got that same familiar den experience and i i do agree with you that they're too small and so what i'm recommending now is if people like the idea of a crate as a den then get a really big one Right, so they can move Get around a, a little bit. No, because, well, maybe, but I like to try it with the with the door closed first, so yeah. the dog is contained, can't run around the house yapping and barking and screaming because mum and yeah. dad have gone. So it learns to calm itself down so, with the door closed. Okay, right. Now I've got the counter to that. Mm-hmm. You're the best dog trainer in the the whole country. Okay, in the female. Okay. Yes. Yes. Who do you know that goes up, that puts their dog in a crate for two hours, shuts the door for two hours to train it to like it and be cosy, and does that forever after? Doesn't do it. Opens the door and says, "Okay." Name me one person. No, hang on, you've lost me. What? Well, you said you use it. Yes. You only clo- you put it in, close the door. Okay. Then you trained it to stay in there. Yes. All right, and get comfy. Yeah, and be so happy. In two, there. three hours later, mm-hmm. you open the door mm-hmm. and you lift it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who do you know that leaves their door open after three hours and never shuts it again? Owners or trainers? What are you talking about? Owners or trainers. So you've you've done that, and you said we only put the door, shut the door for two hours to get it used to it. Yeah. And then it was used to it. You didn't have to have the door shut. That's what you said, didn't you? Yes. Well, who do you know that gets a dog, puts it in a, ca- a crate, and then after two hours training, three hours training, never locks it in that crate again. Opens the door. You could leave what well, you're training, what you're saying. You could take the door off then. Yes. And not use it. Who do you know that's ever done that apart from your clients? Name me one person. Well, without because I only know about my clients, how do I know? There might be heaps of people that do that. There'd be no one. Why? Only your clients because I've never seen anyone. Everyone that says they use crates, they use it and they put them in for an hour or more every day, different times of the day when they want them out of the way, from out from under their feet because it's their safe place. They've got visitors coming over, it's nervous. Go in your safe place, shut the door because their dogs won't stay in there. Because it's not a safe place, it's a prison. They but, have to do it. But the point but that I'm you're making... You're teaching a totally, using it for a totally different method to every single person anywhere. I've never heard of that before. No mm. one does that. Mm. Well, aren't I clever? Yes. It's <laughs> um, totally different, isn't it? Well, but see, I also find crates useful if you've got... Especially because I see so many super anxious dogs. Yeah. You t- tend to see more aggressive dogs. No, I don't. I see aggressive, anxious dogs as well. 
Right. Doing well, this when... a long time. I've got an anxious dog myself. Yeah. And where's her safe place? In, Tell me. Yeah, her safe place is on the on a chair in your bedroom. And no other dogs allowed on that chair. No one else goes there. That's her place. And where is she now? Voluntary. Yeah, in well, her place. You always get people saying, my dog loves its crate. And I say, well, take away the door then. And then I'll believe you. It has. She has free will now to come out, and she might do, and come out and just say hello to us and go back. Right. She's not stuck in that tiny little space. Yeah. Look, I agree with you. I really do. But the thing, the thing that I feel is if you say you've got visitors with out-of-control little kids, yeah. your dog is nervous, yeah. not used to kids, doesn't particularly yeah. like them, or in my girl's case, yeah. tequila, she's terrified of little kids. Yeah. No reason why, she just is, Yeah. right? So rather than put her away, away from everything that's happening, yeah. she, if I have her travel crate in the house, like, not that I have random kids coming yeah. to my place because I don't, but I, what I would do is I would have her crate with the door open. She would go, as soon as she saw the kid yeah. come in, she'd go hop straight in her crate. Yeah. I'd close the, the, the crate door and yeah. then I'd say to the kids, don't put your fingers near there because she'll bite you. Yeah. And then that way the kids are safe, tequila's safe. Yeah, but I I think a better way, and we have to say that with tequila, she's a tiny, tiny, tiny dog. So the equivalent of a, say, a Labrador. Yeah. What you're putting her in, the equivalent of a Labrador would be a bathroom. Where do I put my dogs when the grandkids come over? I let them say hello. Where do I put them? Where do Out you in the back them? garden. Well, they've got freedom to walk Not around. Not everybody's Where's... got a back garden. Well. A lot of people live in apartments. Where did I put Witchy, my nervous one, when you came in with tequila? In the bedroom. And what did I do? Shut the bedroom door. She's got a whole bedroom. Why can't you put your dogs in a room where they can lay down in their bed in their safe, safe kennel? I don't mind kennels as long as they can get out and walk around because dogs need to stretch their legs and have a little walk and come back to it. They can't stay locked in a tiny little thing for many hours. No. Well, they can, but... Well, not, not many hours. every day. No. And don't many... say not many hours, because you know fine well that people are using these crates and leaving them all day and go to work and come home to stop them chewing. And I've seen tr- trainers advocate that. They'd be, they might chew the wires and die, so we put them yeah. in a safe place to keep them safe. Well, that's an absolute nonsense. If you can't, if you can't find somewhere to put them in a bigger space so they can have a little walk around, don't have a bloody dog, because that is cruel. And here's a here's a point: what's going around my fire there? What's, a guard, isn't it? Oh, right around the whole fireplace. Yes, it's about three meters long by a meter and a half wide, yep. isn't it? What's wrong with doing something like that and putting your bed in that? where they can get out of the bed and have a little walk around a bit, like, say, a little terrier. Oh, you're talking about like a puppy pen type Yeah, thing. like a pen. Yeah. Rather than a tiny crate, they can't... It's, it's, they actually say it should be big enough for them to stand up and turn around in comfortably. Well, that is absolutely horrendous to me. And it's horrendous to a lot of people, but they're frightened to speak up to it. I'm the yeah. only trainer I see that speaks up against that. And I get abused for it a lot. 
about, you you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, recently I did it. And I got, he doesn't know how to train. And they're talking to each other on their pain. Yeah, he's an idiot. He, de- he needs to learn how to train a dog. Well, what's training? Locking something in a tiny cage. Yeah. That's not training. Training is getting your dog so it doesn't chew everything up and telling it not to chew things. And it comes back You see to... how passionate I feel about yeah. this one. I really don't. No, and I, I hear you. Yeah. I really do because the idea, I can't imagine leaving tequila in a crate and going to work for eight hours yeah. and she's in a crate. I, I can't even imagine doing that. So in my mind, people are using crates. Like, for instance, I had some clients recently whose dog goes into her crate in their bedroom at night to sleep. They leave the door open. Yeah, but that's a kennel. Yeah, it is a kennel. Yeah. You're right. So as you shut the door, it's a crate, it's a, tiny crate. Yeah. Leave the door open, it's a kennel. And they, they, that's the excuse all the time. I don't shut the door. Well, take the bloody door off and I'll believe you. Yeah. All right? You can always clip it back on to take them to a vet or transport somewhere. Yeah. And what's the other bit? Uh, oh, I don't know. You carry on. Well, what about when people, what about, oh, for instance? Yeah. What? Here's the other bit I'm talking about. I say, <laughs> what about when it's got to go to the vets mm. and be locked up? Get your dog balanced and they accept anything you impose on them. These dogs here, these two fluffy ones I've got. Yes. They've never been in a cage in their life. Well, once. Uh, I could put them in a cage right now, a crate. Yes. They would just go, oh, and lay down and go to sleep. Yeah. Whatever I ask them to do, they accept. They could go to the vets and to say they'd be, they won't be stressed because they know the cage when they go to a vet. I mean, what a load of nonsense that. Every dog's bloody stressed at the vets. They got all, they put in the crate in the back room, they got all this bad vibes from all the other dogs. Some and cry, awful all smells the, awful and the chemical, chemical smells. smells. Strangers sticking needles in them and hurting them. Don't tell me they're not going to be stressed. Uh, but they accept what you do to them as long as you train them and give them the proper life they need, which the proper life is freedom as well as what you want. It's fulfilling what they want. Well, I'm certainly... It's an old master thing. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there at all. I mean, if people have their dog crate trained, usually the clients I see, they have their dog crate trained, but they don't use it as a method of sticking the dog away if it's problematic. Most I've never met anyone that doesn't. Well... Who do you meet? Because you you don't meet them, surely. Because you just have to look on the internet and the trainers are saying and all their clients are saying and there are other people on there. They're all sticking them in the, for an hour or two hours at a time. Some of these real big trainers are saying, get your puppy, don't let it out the crate. When you let it out the crate, have it on a lead all the time. And every time it's out the crate, it's a training period, and that's all you do. Then you stick it back in the crate to calm down so it knows, learns how to calm down. Now, listen, how many times have I told you not to be following uh, jerk-off trainers who don't know like their ass, good one. their elbow? Like, find me the good ones. I'll follow two good ones. Two good ones. Yeah, and that's what I'm seeing. Me, on. right? You follow me. Oh, yeah, I'll follow you. But you're, I didn't, just didn't include you in that because I know you. I'm talking about trainers. Trainers that you don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So who do you follow? Behaviour. Behaviour trainers. Yeah. So on Facebook. I'm not going to tell you the bad ones All right. I follow. No, just no, no. Just, I don't want to know the bad ones. Think you're 
fucking idiot <laughs> telling them to lock these poor puppies that he's pulled away from me, all his siblings, and then you say it doesn't need to play with dogs, doesn't need to be, it's got to be locked in a crate with all that energy and let it out and then teach it not to jump up you and, God, it's going crazy with energy, isn't it? And it's cruel. And what was his question? I've got oh, no that. idea. You oh, got yeah. Into a Who hole. do I follow? Um, on, on Facebook I'm talking about. Is it the trainers that you lo- that really like on Facebook? Because our listener would probably like to follow them as well. Well, I forgot his second name. Danny, he uh, comes from Liverpool. He's a protection dog trainer right. in the main, but he really understands dogs. And he's not doing mainly what I do, but I just like to follow him and just out of interest because I know I can, I can see he's a really and what he says he's a really good trainer who understands dogs right. and like most of the protection dog trainers they don't understand the dog's mind like he does right they just all talk about the, the normal thing punish them for this punish them for that then he doesn't do that right. he punishes dogs but he explains and he what he says I know he understands dogs and their minds and who's the other one I don't know. I forgot. Caesar. No, I don't follow him anymore. Oh, you don't? No, I think he's gone wishy-washy. Oh, okay. Like you say, changing words. and Well, you know what? That would be his people yes, that have told him to and do that. a lot of the time when you click on his, he, he's, he's been abused so much and he's gone a bit wishy, wishy-washy, not how he used to be. Mm. I'm, I've no doubt in in... Out of the cameras, yes, in when real he goes life. to train a dog, he's just normal, back to his normal self, but he's putting on this personality, which I don't think is totally real. And a lot of the time, you go on there, how to stop a dog jumping up? And it, oh, this is on Caesar's site, yeah. and you click to a link of a trainer who he's got to put, say what to do, and it's positive only. And it's not even him saying it, but it's one he supports. Or his oh, team, his team yes, support. Yes, his team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, Making then, more popular. How much time we got? I want to talk wrong. about something. Oh, uh, we have time. Keep All going. Right. I want to talk about how we've come away from reality as a, as a species, humans. When you say reality, what do you mean? That uh, we've, we've drifted from nature mm. and we're in this... This weird fantasy world, Disney world. Oh, Disney world, that describes it. Not everyone, of course, but an awful lot now. Yep. Whereas we can't even say it's punishment without people going, oh. And if I go to see a dog, my clients are great. They've called me in. They know exactly what I'm like. They've got severe problems. And if I'm there and a visitor comes... It might be their aunt, it might be their sister, a nurse or something. That happened recently with a nurse. With a nurse. And I say, wait to the dog for jumping up them. And the dog goes, oh, and gives that, oh, sorry, look. They go, oh, poor he thing. looks, poor thing, he looks so sad. Yes. And like you've been, the poor thing has drove these people crazy that I'm seeing and we'll end up getting an, being rehomed somewhere to a strange family who might abuse it or getting a needle stuck on it and die mm. if something's not done. And yet these people that come in go, 
oh, poor thing, it looks sad, because I stopped it jumping up. The, I mean, it's madness, isn't it? Yep. And there's, a, there's another one. This is really getting bad. I was watching Landline the other day. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's a country farming program. That's a great program. And it's all about, it's for farmers. It's an app, farmers only and people who are interested in farming program. There was three warnings put up before three segments they did. Warning, this segment contains images of dead animals. How bad can you get? Yes. Well, you've got a country program worried about showing a dead cow. To a farmer. Yeah, to a farming audience. And you can go into Coles supermarket, walk up to the meat department. They've got a huge pictures of cows, live cows, happily grazing away, live chickens pecking away in the field. Below them is cut up pieces of those live ones in little chopped up pieces, all bloody red. <laughs> and some of, the, some of the red, you've got blood trickling out under the plastic, <laughs> but that's perfectly okay. But don't dare show a dead one whole up on the wall because people go, oh, no, that's a dead cow. Oh, is this bit of meat from a live cow, a dead cow? <laughs> they can't relate the live happy cow to the dead bit of chopped up leg. Yes. It's crazy, isn't it? It is crazy world. crazy. Well, precisely. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay? We're divorced from reality because chops, lamb chops come from the fridge at the supermarket. Yeah. They don't come from sweet little lambs that are going bedoing, bedoing, yeah. bedoing. <laughs> and then... How do they go? Bedoing, bedoing, bedoing. <laughs> and then they get slammed on the head or whatever yeah. they... by the air gun thing. Yeah. And then they get chopped up. <laughs> I forgot to say what our... Our listener, I got it right, it's not a viewer. Our listener picked <laughs> yeah. up on. Yes. Is you said off right poor. <laughs> Did you say when that? When we were describing the correct terms, well, the correct terms are called the Jews, not right and left, or <laughs> off and near, it's off right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, and you had said that wrong when I said it, and I thought, I'm just going to pretend I didn't say that and right. keep going. And I said, if you tell a lie, <laughs> You don't need to tell the truth. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> and you meant to say, what was it you meant to say? If you tell the truth, <laughs> you, you, no, if you tell the truth, <laughs> if you tell the truth, you don't need to lie. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's it. I know now. I know now. Shut up. I can't tell if you're laughing. Go on. Uh, <laughs> You've forgotten them. No, you? I haven't. I know it now. All right, go on. Quick. If you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. <laughs> yeah. And instead, you said, if you, if you tell a lie, you don't have to, have to tell the truth. <laughs> And then, I, and then I just put it round the other way. If you, tell the, if you tell the truth, you don't need to tell a lie. <laughs> oh, right. dear. So it, it is, if, if you tell the truth, you don't have to have a good memory. And I also said, overlooking the beach and the sea. <laughs> it's hard to have a beach without a sea. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, thank you for that feedback from our devoted listener. Um, we have to go now. Okay. It's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from my lady. Bye. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Message us anytime on Facebook or on our websites if you like. Media inquiries, Facebook only, please. Guest requests, Facebook only, please. We'll see you next time.